0: ultimately you are the authority yeah you know and your relationship with yourself is the most influential part of everything
1: welcome to in full color in full color is a show for creative beings modern visionaries, and the dreamers of a more colorful world. On this podcast, we enter into a space of inspiration, possibility, and wonder, where we tap into our innate creative power together. Alongside muses, creators, and changemakers like yourself, we discuss the power creativity has to connect us to ourselves and to each other, and to change the world for the better. I'm your host, Amy Lore. I'm an author, artist of all kinds, and personal guide for visionaries who are ready to bring their inspiration to life. This space is devoted to your unfolding, to the light you're here to shine and the life you're here to live. I invite you to bring your fullest self to this moment,
0: all that you are in full color.
1: Hello friends, today's episode is with my longtime friend, my wonderful client, my favorite tarot reader and healer, Megan Swinford, also goes by Jaguar High Priestess. Uh, Megan uses healing modalities like tarot, yoga, meditation, and combo medicine to help people slow down and reconnect to a space of ease and empowerment. Megan is a wise, wise woman, ancient soul, and every time we talk, I just feel like this cute little sponge sitting there and taking in not just her words, but also the energy that she has cultivated within herself and shares through her work. Megan has this really palpable power in her presence, and I think it's really rooted in that she knows she's a gift, and that's a huge part of what she transmits through her work and through this conversation. Megan and I spent the last six months or so very slowly and intentionally working on her brand, Jaguar High Priestess, uh, the umbrella under which all of her offerings live, and this podcast episode is sort of a celebration of the release of that. She is officially open for biz. Uh, we started by doing a brand strategy to really hone in on the messaging and the aesthetic that expressed what her business authentically is uh, in a way that the people she's meant to serve can really. Uh, feel connected to and then we took that brand and translated into a photo shoot and now a website and we've had the help of a few other amazing women in the community uh, to to bring it all together so you can see how that all looks at jaguarhighpriestess.com i'm gonna go ahead and link that in the show notes as well Uh, i just feel like i'm presenting an art project to the world (laughs) this has been so much fun and i'm really proud of what we put together So you will get to have a little sample, a little taste of Megan's medicine in this episode. I hope that you enjoy. We are talking on the theme of being the main character in your life. Who doesn't want a little bit more of that? Before we start the episode, it would mean so much to me if you could leave a five-star rating and write a cute little comment for me as a review. If you're on Spotify, following, Apple, subscribe. And if you have any creative hotties in your life that would feel uplifted by the content of this podcast, go ahead and send it along, share the love. I would love to bring some other wonderful creators into this community. So thank you for being here and let's jump into it. What do you
0: deeply wish to create in this lifetime? Oh, such a juicy question. Um, something that I feel really, really strongly about creating in this lifetime is um, really a legacy of nourishment. You know, whether that's in my own family and my future children and their generations, or whether it's through the work that I offer and the people that I connect with, just really providing a a new way and a sustainable way of living that supports the soul and really allows nourishment on you know an emotional, physical, cellular level mm-hmm. uh, to navigate being alive, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's so echoed in the state of the planet right now, like the yeah. soils are depleted,
1: ecosystems are struggling, and the earth is just such a special
0: mirror to to show us what's happening within ourselves yeah and you know um I as you know but I've lived with my grandma for the last three or four years and seeing someone who's 50 years my senior it really makes you think of actually what does aging look like and you know at one point I hope I will be in that 50 year plus future of my life and um you know there's a lot of things that will come up throughout our lifetimes that will not be uh, either predicted or will shock or you know it's it's not about avoiding these crazy things it's about learning how to navigate all of these wild mm-hmm. things and so for me what I really want to bring about in life are you know ways of being that allow us to continue to come back into ourselves mm-hmm. instead of Perpetuating this, um, like f- escapism or numbing or you know, dis ease in ourselves and in our our world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like you're
1: speaking to something that everyone wants. <laughs> we we know that something's missing, but sometimes it's hard to put your finger on. Like, oh, like I just I need rest. I need nourishment. Whatever, because our lives feel busy and kind of like you were speaking to it feels like the world is moving faster and faster and faster. Yeah. I think it's more important than ever to, first of all, get grounded and like be connected with the planet not on a physical energetic level. Um, but also opening up those channels for nourishment, which is something we're learning how to yeah. do. Our generation is doing such an amazing job at leaning into that. But there's still a lot to learn. One thing that I find really special about what you offer is you have just such a unique collection of knickknacks, energetic tools, knickknacks from really like around the world and all different kind of walks of life. Um, But one of your most powerful like hard hitter tools is tarot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really serves as a gateway to a lot of your other things. So for anyone listening who's like, what's tarot? What is a tarot card? How does that work? Can you just give us kind of like a newbie definition of it?
0: Yeah. So tarot is essentially um, a way to relate to symbols and um, messages in the form of cards. Mm They have a similar reflection to a normal playing card of decks. You know, there's four suits. Um, They're representative of the four different elements, earth, air, fire, and water. That relates to anyone playing, you know, poker, Texas Hold'em. It's, um, you know, clubs, spades, hearts, and diamonds. And so um, using those themes and those repetitive symbols is a way to kind of create a, la- a relationship with energy. Mm-hmm. And tarot has been used in many different cultures through many different time periods as a tool for divination or connecting to messages that are otherwise unseen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you can look at a tarot deck and now there's so many different versions of them. You've got themed decks that revolve around animals or um, cultural themes or affirmations and the ones that I use the most are called the Rider Waite deck which is a very traditional deck that um, has been created to keep all those mystical symbols together in some type of storyline. Um, it really speaks to a journey, mm-hmm. the, the journey of the soul, the journey of the human, right? It starts with the fool and it ends through this huge kind of journey that someone goes through in their heart and in their mind and in their life. Um, I don't want to bore too much with like the history of how tarot was created um, because I also think that with it being something of divination, it can, you know, often be misunderstood or misrepresented from a historical or religious background, right? Mm-hmm. But ultimately, it's really just a deck of cards that has very specific symbols, representation, colors, numbers, and messages mm-hmm. encoded in each card. And as you shuffle as they pull out they tell a story and every story is different every time that they get pulled out it's different and there are specific meanings to each one and even those meanings based on what cards come out together it speaks its language right and so what I'm doing is really nothing but I've learned the language of these cards and I've been able to you know, share those messages with people in a way that they can really receive. Mm -hmm. Whether that's something really big, like a huge transition, or whether that's something as simple as take it easy, (laughs) you know, which sounds simple, but actually is, you know, a lot more, can be a lot more challenging than we realize. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel
1: like relating
0: to tarot as a
1: symbol system can be kind of representative of a whole world view because I think anything in our field of reality functions as a metaphor and a symbol like if I'm feeling stressed or frustrated I might stub my toe and it's like this symbol of you're you're hurting yourself you're running into yourself slow down or if I am just feeling like really soaking into the beauty of my own heart a random stranger might say you have really beautiful eyes or something like that. Like the world reflects our energy. And I think I think of tarot as a way to just like really concentrate that communication of the way that life can function as a mirror. And then it also, you know, you, you have that information and then you can then take empowered action with more of a clear vision of what is happening. And I think that's something that
0: you have really iterated is clarity. Like clarity is so powerful. <laughs> It, it really is, and you know, brands have been doing this for decades, right? You have iconic symbols that no matter where in the world, with no writing, people can look at a symbol and be like, oh, that's Nike, mm-hmm. oh, that's McDonald's, oh, that's this, right? And there's a connotation and a connection to it, and there's a whole process as to why these brands use certain symbols, certain mm-hmm. shapes, certain sizes, and so really, that language is already happening. And the more that we engage with it and find Mm -hmm. our own agency of why or how certain symbols affect us and what they might represent in our life, we can actively use them to enhance our experience, release some emotional weight, um, change some habits, right? And so, like, symbols are nothing new. Mm -hmm. You can look at hieroglyphics and they're telling a story. This is just... A much more readily available version that speaks to our personal and relational journey um, in a way that hopefully the way that I read is simple enough that it doesn't have to be this Shakespearean novel of growth. It can be like, stop doing that thing that you know you don't need to do, you know? <laughs> or like, where's your mind at, you know? Or how unsettled does your heart feel Mm -hmm. or what's going on over in this little pocket that we don't really either want to look at or have a blind spot because Mm -hmm. life is wide and we have so many different levels and elements to it and so for me to be well-rounded and really complete in oneself just like you would eat multiple meals a day with a lot of different variety the same goes with our our insides, our emotional needs. We need different elements, different energies, different connections, different reflections for you know our different emotional needs. In my experience,
1: a tarot reading will often tell me things that I already knew, mm. but I just like wasn't really wanting to look at mm. <laughs> or didn't know that it was like mm, quite that big of an energy and like that specific. Um, and it's, yeah, often more about our personal journey. And this is something that I really learned a lot from you about emphasizing because a lot of times people who are looking for a tarot reading might want to know, like, what does my next boyfriend think about me? Or like, am I going to get that job? Like, they're curious about how is the external world going to happen to me? Mm -hmm. Um, and it's this kind of like waiting for things to happen energy. And that's, that's different than what I feel you dish out so I'd love to hear you speak to like the alternative option to seeing it as like a crystal ball
0: yeah uh I mean I've definitely tried using it as a crystal ball I think (laughs) that's um there have definitely been eras where I've read for myself or found readers that really perpetuated this like externalizing attention of like I want this to validate and make me feel safe right whether that's in a relationship that feels rocky or that's left my life or this change that I don't know I can handle. And so that really inspired me to ask myself, how am I building trust with myself, Mm -hmm. right? And so instead of using tarot as a thing to give you an answer, I read it for myself and for others as a way to reinforce your trust and intuition within yourself and see where those gaps might be, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, oftentimes it is things that we already feel or know on some level, but we don't quite trust it yet. And even if we do trust it, we maybe don't want it to be true. (laughs) And, um, you know, there's, that's reasonable. Sometimes things are, you know not comfortable to admit and to be honest with um, so the way that i read is really inviting in self-reflection instead of being a like a solution so to speak mm-hmm. uh, especially for relationships i i often don't necessarily avoid relationship readings but i really focus on being as neutral as possible And bringing it back to the person that's actually having the reading.
1: Mm -hmm. Because,
0: you know, energy, sure, we can check in on somebody else. We can see what else is going on in their heart or their soul. But ultimately, they're really not our focus. They don't need to be our focus because we can't control that. We can't control whether we get this job or not. We can control uh, how we're taking care of ourselves, our focus, our mental patterns of how am I identifying with myself now that this relationship's not there or how do I feel scared around stability and I'm putting so much weight on this job versus how can I build a relationship with stability that I feel grounded regardless of what happens Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how can I trust my ability to receive the abundance that I'm actively creating in my life so that I trust an opportunity will come even if it's not this immediate one, right? And particularly with relationships, I've gotten more so, you know, when there's a breakup or when there's challenges, like, what do I do? And so many times it's like, okay, well, how are you romancing yourself,
1: Mm.
0: right? How are you bringing in the energy that you're looking for for you? Because no one can fill that for you. Truly. And so, regardless of whatever this happens, you know, let's talk about you. Um, And that's how I've learned to navigate those uh, very normal human tendencies to be like, but what what about them? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I feel scared and I want security. And I'm just like, You're the security you're looking for. (laughs) And it takes a little bit of a different type of work to actually focus on that. Because also, if you're not focusing on that, then you're only ever going to be dependent on someone else giving you an answer. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I want for anyone. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that I read is this is a tool to reconnect, but like ultimately, you are the authority. Yeah. You know, and your relationship with yourself is the most influential part of everything. Totally. A tangible example of this could be like if the king of
1: wands comes up and you could interpret that as like, "Ooh, a very powerful, creative man is going to come into your life and sweep you off your feet. Or that's if you're using the cards to represent the external world but I love the approach of using the cards to represent your psychological world your mm-hmm. inner world and you you, have, you contain all of that so maybe that more so means hey this is an invitation to turn on your inner fire and follow those creative pursuits you're going to be successful with it if you really connect with yourself this feels like an on the ground way to really embody that main character energy mm-hmm. that we hear being talked about so much online and then just kind of like the generation it's very much a buzzword at the time um, and it, it stems from this desire to not be living on the sidelines in your yeah. own life the, the quiet life of desperation that's a, a line from some poem or movie that really I think Hits a lot of us of am I going to be the side character in my life or I'm going to be living it? The difference is I've felt this in my body where am I might, if I'm feeling, if I'm externalizing value and validation. I walk out into the world with my eyes kind of like searchlights and I'm like looking for people like who am I going to run into here and are they going to tell me that they like my shoes and like oh if will that person notice me do people think I'm special or interesting and it's so um, diluting Mm. of my power for me to like send my attention outward and make the external world the source of my validation and my value and it's such an Easy. Well, I don't know if I'll say it's easy, but it's an instantaneous shift that you can make to turn those searchlights within, sink into the energy of your own heart, of your own being, drop into your own body, and whatever you've been looking for outside, like, wow, where can I tap on that within me?
0: Definitely. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh, I love that you are bringing this up, because I, I have two examples, one personal and then one with a client, that this is very uh, real life examples of how this can manifest. Uh, the client is doing a reading and she asked, you know, is, was this relationship always doomed? I'm like, well, oh, that's an interesting question. Um, and, you know, what came out in the reading Were two queens and some other cards, I think there was probably a lovers in there, but um, it had swords around it, meaning that it's really like a mental game Mm. and um, bringing up a lot of anxiety. Because swords represent the mind. Yes. Swords are air. They represent the mind. And so whenever you have that symbol in the deck, you're like, okay, this is where either my mind is overrunning things Or I need to pay attention to what my mind's doing. Long story short, I was like, girl, you have two queens in this reading. Whatever was happening in that relationship, to me, isn't where you need to be focusing. Without that person in your life, you have two queens representing your energy. You're thriving in yourself now. And so I would be more curious as to why you would want something in your life that doesn't allow you to be a queen why would you choose them over yourself Mm -hmm. that's actually a more important powerful question to ask than whether this relationship was doomed or not Mm. because self-sacrifice in order to keep someone else is I think something that all of us have experienced on some level whether that's a family member or a relationship or something right we want this we want to keep this and so somehow we're not Really in ourselves fully, and so it was really interesting because you know there were several versions of that message throughout the reading, and it was really hard for her to loosen up around not having this person in her life. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, would you rather have them or would you rather have you? Mm-hmm. And if you feel weird in that question, then that's where you need to start looking. Mm-hmm. And why why would you not want your your healthiest self, period. Mm-hmm. Um, for
1: someone who's hearing you say this, and they're like, "Oh shit, that's me." Oh yeah. What are a few things like that they could almost immediately reach for to begin to shift into that energy from um, feeding attention towards the other to feeding
0: attention towards the self? I think um, some key things that come out for me, and these are things that I've done, and I mean I've been prone in the past of obsessive thinking and I know these tools because I had to learn them right Uh, one thing to do is particularly in romantic settings if you're looking for someone else um, what are those characteristics that you're looking for and how are you embodying them Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right even going back to your queen of wands king of wands you know anecdote that's a very passionate king right? How much passion are you feeding in your own life?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When was the last time you felt excited about something just Mm -hmm. for yourself? And if you don't know the answer to that question, start there. Yeah. Go explore something that either you haven't done yet or you used to love, but haven't done in a while or put on some music that makes you feel sexy or take yourself out on a date. This this comes up so often in my readings of, you know, when's this man going to come into my life? And it's like, uh, when was the last time you took yourself out? Are you, would you even be able to receive this from a man right now? Mm. Or are you looking for a man to give you something that you're not doing for yourself?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Um, And that can look like a lot of different ways. There's so many different flavors of how people relate to romance. So. I'm speaking from the things that worked for me I mean for a while I did weekly dates with myself and I would take a book or a journal and it could be a day date it could be an evening date um, work with your budget it could be a home date and cooking yourself a meal um, actually getting dressed and taking care of your skin your hair your body you know really learning what what that feels like for yourself to receive and you'd be amazed as to how that world changes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it I think particularly for women is learning how to feel comfortable and safe receiving. Yeah. Right? We're so trained to give and um you know be that caretaker and that does feel good to some capacity. And also leaning into that too much doesn't allow a man to offer anything to you and you know even then my stomach kind of feels a little nervous like that's a uh, can feel really vulnerable right because we're not in control we're receiving mm-hmm. and even if it's not a man but it's receiving an offer for a financial opportunity and a job receiving that dream uh home receiving whatever it is your heart's desiring learning how to focus that inward and even create affirmations of i'm feel comfortable allowing myself to receive or i feel nervous receiving and i'm still gonna do it Mm -hmm. right you can be honest with your affirmations you don't have to jump to the perfection moment of i am a goddess like (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes that's hard to say when you don't feel that way, yeah. you know? And so being like, you know, I feel, I feel curious about my goddess self. Even that in of itself is approachable, right? Mm-hmm. I feel curious about this part of me. Opens up a portal. Allows adventure in to navigate what textures do I want to wear if I'm obsessing over someone wanting them to see me how would I how do I see me Mm -hmm. you know what colors make me feel you know sexy what textures what shapes what how does my home feel when I'm home Mm -hmm. how do the words that I'm saying feel when they're coming out of my mouth you know what friends am I allowing myself to be around are they feeding these fears and helping me perpetuate these wounds Or are they pulling me out of that space and allowing me some more breathing room? Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many things. And notice all those things really didn't have anything to do with anyone else.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I feel us in this conversation of how to be the main character in your own damn life. I feel us circulating a lot around codependency, which I... I, my therapist from a few years ago had, like told me, hey, I think you're codependent. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, I don't really understand what that means, but I feel it. So I, I until recently, I didn't hear a really good definition of codependency. Um, and what clicked into place for me is wanting someone to be there for you when you're not willing to be there for yourself mm. or wanting them to be something for you when you're not willing to be that for yourself. Um, so I, I think that Intimacy can be a really amazing, obvious example for that. And kind of like you were saying, when I've listed out and considered, like, what kind of qualities would I love to have in a partner? I look at the list and I'm like, I just described myself. <laughs> um, but am I am I receiving myself? Am I experiencing myself? Am I exuding myself? Um, so it's kind of shifting from that codependent space of like, I want someone to be all the things that I love and shifting
0: to... I am all the things that I love Mm -hmm. and I'm going to fucking eat that up. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And you know, one thing that came to mind, right. Is okay. If you want a partner to be like adventurous and explorative, are you like actually down to explore? Mm -hmm. Like, are you open enough to do that on your own versus waiting for this person to activate that for you? Mm -hmm. Right. Like, um, you know, majority of my 20s were single and really actively chipping away at the codependency that I grew up with. Um, I had a therapist. She was amazing. And she gave me a lot of resources to read, one being codependency no more, Mm. which I've since given to several friends because I think our whole society kind of plays into codependency, Mm -hmm. right? It has, in a way, this enabler, addictive extremism, right? And there's a lot of uh, not knowing how to communicate certain things, right? And so if you don't know how to communicate needs or even identify your own needs, then that bleeds into the possibility of being much more susceptible to codependency, right? And so uh, I noticed that I'm such a traveler. I love the world. I speak three languages. You know, I just thrive in connection with new places and and new people. And I wasn't doing that. I noticed like around 24, 25, I I hadn't traveled in four or five years and was feeling very dry. And something just shifted in me. And I was like, I don't want to wait for someone to do this. Like, yeah, I would love to have a partner to go traveling with, but I don't right now. And so I got to go travel, you know, and I started traveling. I went to Costa Rica for a week by myself and my mom was like, you're going to (laughs) die. And I was like, maybe, I don't know. But actually my soul is dying, not doing it. Mm. And then I started my love affair with Mexico City and I started traveling there by myself. And, you know, I was very smart about traveling and stayed in safe places and, you know, did a lot of prep work so that I was smart during traveling solo by myself. Um, but wow, the like depth to which I felt so proud of myself for being like, yes, girl, like you're here in this huge city that you planned this for yourself. This was a gift that you gave yourself and your future self and your future partner because now I know how to travel in a way that makes my heart happy. And now I'm so much more available to invite someone in that's in that same space, right? They're not giving me something that I can't give myself. They're sharing the thing that I love within myself. Mm-hmm. And that's a totally different way of relating and it releases so much pressure from mm-hmm. a partner you know and obviously there are times in our life where we if we're grieving or if we're going through something like we can't always give ourselves everything that we need right co-regulation is is vital in in relating but if i don't in some capacity know how to do that for myself i'm really not being fair to anyone else in my life because I'm being, I'm asking them to be responsible for something that really isn't their responsibility.
1: Mm -hmm. And once you fill up your own cup as best you can, then in your relationships, like you just get to love people. Yeah. It's like, I'm just, I don't, I don't need anything. Like, I just want to love you. And that feels so
0: good. It does feel (laughs) so good. And, and it allows a freedom for those that you do love to, to really take off that weight of having to be something for someone. And you, Get to connect in this sweet, authentic way. Of, I don't need you to be a certain way. I just want to learn you. You know, um, I'm not looking for you to solve this thing inside me that I feel is missing. I have had so much fun exploring myself, and I can't wait to explore you too. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just a totally different way of, and that can even be not just with intimate partners, you know, that's too with jobs, with, um, family members, with how we relate to the world. Mm -hmm. Like, Ooh, how do I really like to relate to my work life? What kinds of rituals and healthy patterns can I do to calm my mind? You know, Mm -hmm. why are we so obsessed with pushing ourselves to the limit? And then like, what reward are we really getting? And being so much more curious versus, um, you know, this is how it is, Mm -hmm. right? We have way more power over our reality than we realize. And I do think currently this new wave of manifestation and affirmation and Playing with how we're thinking or what we're observing is is a really fun place to be because when you start realizing, oh, even if there's something in my life that I don't like, how do I want to relate to that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, and often I get, you know, clients that are like, oh, well, I don't want any scary cards. And it's <laughs> like, well, I mean, I don't even relate to anything as scary anymore like it just is that's what I've been thinking about with like we're currently in the
1: retrograde and the eclipse which everyone talks about is like oh "Oh, no it's gonna be a mess it's gonna be terrible but like I was just thinking earlier today I feel so uplifted Mm. by these kind of quote bad energy shifts or even like the bad cards in the tarot deck because it's like oh this is serving me yeah and I think that can come with just a faith in some kind of like a larger force paving the path. Um, and it's just whether it's true or not, like scientifically a fact or not, it's very useful and supportive for me to have the belief that everything that happens in my life is a gift to me, definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I mean, you know, touching on the whole retrograde like chaos thing, like breaking down again symbolism right mercury metaphorically and historically is like the god of messengers
1: mm-hmm.
0: right that's why technology computers communication can feel erratic it's also an invitation to slow down mm-hmm. and become more intentional so what might feel uncomfortable is really like important yeah. maybe maybe you need to slow down in what you're communicating Maybe you don't realize how overstimulated you are. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And giving yourself permission to not have things always be the same is really empowering. Because, again, it goes back to that codependency. I'm not dependent on anything going right in my life in order to still feel okay. Mm -hmm. And when you get to a place like that, I mean, wow. Wow. Yeah, that to me is liberation. And if, if you're telling me, let's say, for example, a scary card that comes out is, um, let's see, maybe like the Eight of Swords. And in the image and Rider Waite, it's all these swords behind this woman. She's tied up, blindfolded gray sky. Worst case scenario. I mean, it's rough, you know? (laughs) And again, right? Swords are air. They're the mind. And a big message with this card is, you know, you are your own like trap.
1: Mm, And Um, your own
0: savior. And your own savior. No one else is around. What do you got going on there? Why are you wrapping yourself up in your mind? You know? And so when that card comes, you could think of it as, oh, no, I'm so like overrun by my mind. Or you could be like, "Mm, yep, there's that thing. yeah. And now I can take action towards relating to that better. Yeah. I have
1: a friend who just recently got a diagnosis and like for a couple of things and a couple like really scary things. And she's honestly like happier than I've seen her in a long time because she has clarity and she can do something about it right now. So I think that's one thing that tarot can serve as is like all right now now I feel more empowered to make the best choice to support
0: me definitely and you know going back to particularly people that don't have relationship to tarot or it's been this really big scary thing or oh I don't know I don't want to predict the future it's like it doesn't really predict the future it really to me engages with the energy that's around yeah and you know I personally think you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not willing to look at it and whether it's with tarot or anything else, you know, yeah. How can you change it if you're not aware of it?
1: Mm -hmm. And so
0: I want to feel the most integrated, whole connected version of myself. And if I'm not willing to look at the things that are running amok inside then they get more power over my future than I really want them to. Mm -hmm. So it takes some active digging in the dirt to uncover those weeds that really don't deserve to be there. And maybe you didn't put them there, but you can pull them out. And that's how I like to engage with tarot and symbolism and really anything that I do because... Again, it's giving yourself back that power that for some reason, somewhere along the way, you've either been told or you've decided belongs to someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So
1: in this journey of becoming more of the authority of your own life, the author of your own story, what are some... Like so maybe I'm thinking of the major arcana cards specifically, but some cards in the deck that can serve as archetypes that we can really learn from and embody. Because beyond just being a divinatory tool, I feel like the tarot is also this amazing Rolodex of energies and archetypes that we can uh, choose to to emulate I'm almost thinking of like a video game character putting an outfit on right like okay I'm gonna embody the high priestess today or the king of swords and you know go and walk out into my life with that energy on
0: amazing yeah um so I love that you brought that up because major arcanas for those who um are learning tarot right we've talked about those four suits that have the four elements and then there's another section of the deck that's called major arcanas and they're archetypal archetypal themed right so um you have figures that's where the death card comes in that's where the Empress cards come in that's where these figures who embody bigger life themes and energies uh showcase themselves and either encourage you to embody that or remind you that that's there And I think one that I love explaining to people is the world card. And the energy of the world card, how I explain it is, you know, every artist has different albums, right, throughout their career. And each album has its own aesthetic, energetic, sound imprint, right? And so... We all have our own eras in our lives, and it might be hard to say goodbye to some of them, but when you're thinking of it as, okay, what would my next EP album be, (laughs) right? Like, what am I wearing in these photos? What songs am I singing? What are my lyrics saying and professing, right? How am I relating to my, really, my energetic life as a new era? The world reminds us that we're always revolving, seasons are coming and going we aren't stagnant even though we might feel stuck at certain times and the world is an initiation into a new era of our lives so how can you greet that new era right what would this updated version of yourself be and that's a really fun thing to explore Mm -hmm. you know um same with, you know, two cards that often get a little uh, nerve wracking are the death card and the tarot or the tower card. You know both of those are pretty big change cards. I personally love them because it is a way of like, okay, great. Things can be chaotic. You know, um, they're Permission supposed to yeah. be chaotic. <laughs> yeah. They're supposed to be a little wild right now. The death card relates to, internal transformation parts of you need to die out so that you can birth a new version of self it can't all come along with you you know if you've ever moved it can get heavy Mm -hmm. and you don't have to carry all those things around uh the tower card is an external change card so that's something that's big structure that's outside of you whether that's a big change, a relationship ending, a move, loss of job, outside world changes. And it's literally a tower on fire and people are jumping out of it. And there's a lightning bolt at the top. And again, you can also look at that, look at those symbols. What would you rather be? Are you the tower falling apart? Are the people trying to escape? Or are you the lightning bolt executing change? Mm. Right? How do you want to show up for the change that's happening in your life Mm -hmm. and we cannot avoid change a lot of pain comes from denying change or resisting change and so again it's that conversation with energy Mm -hmm. it's like ooh, change is happening and you have options and you have options (laughs) you know (laughs) and again it empowers you with agency versus like oh my god i'm just flailing you know um And really being more willing to also have help. You know, these cards showcase support that we may need, um, right? Like if the magician comes up, he's got all of his tools in in the deck. He's got a cup, a pentacle, a sword, and a wand. Those are all the four elements, right? Earth, wind, fire, water and he's got a garden underneath him he's bringing in you know vision from above manifesting it below there's a powerful reminder that we have tools to create the life that we want and if we don't think that we have them or we need to fine-tune them do it what what would that look like right is it learning a new course is it touching back on something that you learned before is it Finding a new voice to listen to so that you can rewrite your mind. You know, we have so many resources, particularly at this time in our lives. I mean, it's infinite what we're capable of finding. And so give yourself permission to be a creator of your life versus the, you know, victim of it. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well speaking of we're kind of having this conversation
1: releasing this podcast to celebrate something you're creating in your life the birth of Jaguar High Priestess. Yeah. Um this is something we've been talking about for like a year or more. It's been like yeah. a a slow delicious burn. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so Megan and I have been working together on bringing your brand to life. We started with doing creating a brand strategy the um the overall message and the aesthetic expression of things we did a photo shoot which Mm -hmm. was so fun and when this episode is out the site will be launched and live jaguar priestess.com so i feel like it's kind of like your quinceanera or something like we're celebrating you coming out to the world as as, um as the high priestess yeah as a new woman Um, So I think this just for me relates to the conversation around tarot because there's like these identity shifts that come in the creative process. And that's a big part of my job and the work that I do is shepherding people from the identity of the dreamer who's kind of like maybe standing on the sidelines a bit. They have this idea, they have these amazing skills and experiences to share with people, but they just haven't jumped in quite yet and then guiding them through the journey of just you know there's internal shifts and there's also the external outputs of having these tangible assets and then coming out on the other side as the visionary with her feet on the ground and her eyes to the sky who is in motion doing the work that she's meant to do. So you're
0: stepping out of the other side of that portal right now. Yeah, uh, definitely. There's been some cocooning <laughs> happening, um, a big metamorphosis, and I honestly wouldn't have been able to do it without you. I mean, the way in which we've worked together and the way that you offer such gentle and consistent space to grow and room for that process you know there's so many times i've messaged you and been like wow i'm really avoiding this thing you know i'm feeling scared um this is stretching me you know and just having such a a kind and safe space to be witnessed in that process and also having just enough structure to keep things along right because there is that dreamer that can stay in the dream Mm-hmm. And it takes a lot of strength and effort and patience to pull that dream into reality. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that we've worked on this together because it's just been the most nourishing thing that I could have imagined. Yeah. yeah.
1: I've been obsessed with everything we've made together. Yeah. So. Like, <laughs> it just feels like epic art. <laughs> so yes. I'm... I It's been reaffirming for me, too, in the creative work that I do, the strategy, the design, mentorship, et cetera, of like, okay, this is really feeding me, mm. and I, I love what I'm creating, and it's it's not all the time, but more and more often that, like, soulmate clients, like, you mm-hmm. come along where it's, like, I'm actually obsessed with what you're doing, and I'm obsessed with what we're creating together, um and, like, that's the goal, right, to, for our... For our businesses or our work or our career, whatever shape that takes for someone, for it to be something that nourishes you, not something that depletes from you or takes from you. Like it's it's life force energy that enters you, both in the form of financial abundance and in the form of, yeah, inspiration, connection, collaboration, all that. Yeah, everything.
0: Yeah, I have also been very obsessed with everything that we've created and, um, you know, in a way this big shift has been all these things that I'm offering and even my relationship with tarot it's self-made I mean these are things that I've been in some really dark caves of myself and in life and there have been a lot of dynamics that wreaked havoc on my emotional self on my physical stability and I actively found tools to pull me out of it Mm -hmm. and to create a new self. And so, nothing that I say or do or offer is something that I haven't first spent, you know, potentially a decade working on um, in just the comforts of my own space. Mm -hmm. And so, shifting from doing these things to heal myself to feeling so grounded in myself because of those things that I can now offer them to others and really help others find that own version for themselves Mm -hmm. and to me that's simultaneously been so exciting and also like woo, that's a big step yeah it's like the sensitivity of
1: the bloom of a flower Mm. opening right like it's gorgeous and precious and delicate but it's also like it's sensitive and it's courageous um all at the same time Mm. i think you make a really good point of the the things that are our medicines tend to be the medicine that we are meant to serve and what's so cool about Getting into those situations where you um, are set up to dish out that medicine mm-hmm. is that as you're sharing it with other people,
0: it's nourishing you in Indeed. the process. Definitely, and I mean, even just having talked about codependency today, like I can't tell you how many journals I have stored at my grandma's that have way too many pages talking about one person, you know, that was in my life for a flash, and. Finding the uh, discipline in myself or the uh, dedication to, no, girl, we're going to figure this out because I don't want my whole life to be in this cycle, you know? And same with certain things with the family that I went through or with my worthiness around financial abundance that feels sticky sometimes. You know, there's all these things that I don't know anyone that's gotten through life without some element of struggle you know and I'm beginning to learn that it's really not the absence of struggle even that makes for a successful life it's our relationship to it that allows us the freedom to evolve and with these offerings and with this space it's like may I serve as a safe place so that these struggles don't have to feel so big. And when they do feel overwhelming, we can come back to a shoreline and we don't mm-hmm. have to feel afraid of drowning because even if we might be gasping for air sometimes, there are buoys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another way to kind of express that is like, what's your golden thread within mm. that thing? That's like the through line of everything you do. And even when there's, muck and dust kind of swirling around things like it's always there for you to reach for and tug on and everyone's is different and that's kind of how I view part of the creative journey is you might start with like trying to figure out what is that and that Mm -hmm. takes some experimentation and just uh, some inner searching and opening your eyes to it and then um, there's there's the development of it and growing closer to it and uh, it's something that you may choose to step out to of like, I want to share this with other people. And that it becomes the through line of my output. Definitely. Um, but I really, I, I don't know, I guess it's my ph- philosophy of sorts that we all have something like that and everyone's is unique. And that's why I am like sharing messages like this is that what you have no one else has. And like, mm-hmm. we need that. Yeah. You're here for a reason. We need that. Give us the good good. Yeah. I know it's scary, but come on, share. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think what you do really well is you provide a platform and a process that excavates that without disrespecting limitations in any given moment, right? Mm. Because depending on who we are, we might have lived our whole life with a lot of weight over that, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of storylines around uh, how dangerous it might be to share that. And yeah. so the way in which you, even our first meeting where we sat and went through, I don't know, like maybe two and a half hours of, okay, what's your vision? What are you wanting to offer? Like, what are these things that light you up? And having a witness and someone who could be that light. At the other side of the tunnel, of okay, this feels like a really long, far away thing, and I'm not alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you had markers and checkpoints and milestones to really celebrate and pause and continue, and like the whole process was such a joy to be in, and you know it touched on very big fears, and at the same time was the most exciting thing to be like, wow, this is really happening. And I feel so safe growing. Mm -hmm. And even when we were doing our photo shoot, I remember joking with you and Leah around, Oh, like, I feel like y'all are my doulas, you know, (laughs) you're like really helping me birth this version of self that has been inside forever and didn't feel strong enough or safe enough before this to come out. Um, and, you know, for those with, in the tarot archetypes, the high priestess is really the, you know, the queen of the underworld. She is the gatekeeper of intuitive wisdom. You know, she sits on her throne. She holds ancient texts. She has the moon below her feet. She has juicy pomegranates behind her. Um, she has pillars of light and dark containing her and for me she's just this ever-growing depth of trusting yourself and trusting the unseen Mm -hmm. and we all have those feelings that we can't quite explain or it doesn't really make sense to the outside world or these pulls and tugs of you know curiosity and and joy or Passion or insight that to give ourselves permission to follow them Mm -hmm. is one of the greatest things that we can do for ourselves. And, you know, the jaguar to me is she came to me in a vision many, many years ago, and since then has been a reoccurring archetype, animal. Uh, spirit that I've worked with through different lineages, through different medicines, through different countries, <laughs> different versions of self. and even if you think of the Jaguar in her uh, willingness to be internal and to be in the quiet spaces of ourselves and to wait in that dark just long enough something will come along and I think we could all just like the hermit who Mm -hmm. you know gives me very much Merlin vibes of there's deep joy and benefit in going into the caves of ourselves into Mm. the darkness of ourselves and finding out that light you're really good at bringing out and touching on finding that golden thread, we do have it. And so even how I read tarot, it's like, how do we get that out? Mm-hmm. You know, how do we create our life so that we have enough time and space to nourish that part of ourselves yeah. and excavate all that good good, you know, because we are gems. And how much permission are we willing to give ourselves to shine? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and I think that the best thing that any of us can do for this world is is go on that journey. Um so I would love to take this moment to do a tarot spread to kind of cool. mark that journey that we've been speaking to. Maybe um, you know, kind of beginning with the, the dreamer who's kind of standing on the sidelines to the uh, visionary who is out there. And just let's see what the what the cards tell us about that journey. Yeah, let's <laughs> see
0: what comes up. Um, I have slowly formed my reading as like little energy check-ins, you mm-hmm. know. Let's see what what we need to see, right? All right. All right, let's do one more. Two just flew out. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just want to. <laughs> tower. Ooh, told Tower. <laughs> I like the tower. It gives me, you know, uh, powerful vibes. So we have the tower and we have the ten of pentacles. Ah, uh, yes. And the wheel of fortune. So. Right. We talked about earlier the tower and I knew one of those cards would come up because that's just how it works. Um. <laughs> right? There's been a big structural change. I left my job to give this space. This has been the weirdest way I've ever related to my like self-structure. You know, I haven't had someone telling me or being required to be anywhere at a certain time. So that's been new. Um, I really kind of exploded my external structure during this time. And, you know, what we've been working with is rebuilding a structure that's intuitive Mm, and And, custom made for you yes like um structure can get really tricky with how stable actually is it and sustainable Mm -hmm. and I've had a relationship with structure that's been really hyper focused and I've also had a rebellious relationship to structure and so navigating what does my structure look like for this project for this life that I'm building that does feed me life does feed energy and if something you know didn't fall apart then I really wouldn't have been able to rebuild it in an honest authentic way yeah you know um so of course the tower came out things had to explode you know stuff had to fall apart so that I could feel even stronger in something that's foundationally true for me and can grow way bigger than anything that I've been in before, right? The way we've built this is to evolve with me, Mm. right? It's not a time-stamped situation. Yeah. I think a metaphor here is like, if anyone's ever repotted a plant, like you might have this
1: cute little plant in a tiny pot, but its roots are beginning to push up against the edge and it's not really gonna grow as much anymore. It's gonna stay that size. So you pull the plant out, find this new big spacious pot. But for the moment while the plant is like in the air and then you're like digging at its roots to get it to situate in the new soil, that's uncomfortable. That's yeah. really vulnerable. The plant is probably thinking, I'm gonna die. Yeah. and. Those kind of thoughts are not that far off from what happens when we are changing the structure of our lives to fit our bigger vision. So, I mean, it really does go back to that kind of caveman part of our brain. That's like, what if the people in the tribe don't accept <laughs> me? Um, so I just want to like really normalize yeah. that. That that's a powerful shift. It will pass, and like power to you.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I mean. Yeah, just think of, you know, a house that had mold in it. Mm. You're going to have to kind of, like, tear everything, like, gut it out, Yeah, you know, and rebuild it. You wouldn't want to stay in a house with that mold. And our lives have mold in it, whether those are relationships that are past due or habits that are past due. Like, let things fall apart. It actually is... <sighs> more valuable than we when we realize because this 10 of pentacles uh pentacles are earth energy they're literal coins on the deck on the cards and they represent money they represent abundance they represent our tangible physical world and this 10 of pentacles is like life legacy vibes you know when i see this card come up there's people in it there's a huge castle there's dogs there's kids there's an older gentleman, which, you know, as I'm looking at now, it's like the king of, um, you know, Pentacles resting, overlooking his legacy, overlooking the family that he's created, the people that he's invited in, right? This isn't just wealth for wealth's sake. This is wealth to build and share a legacy with. And so if that tower hadn't fall, fell, language, if things don't fall apart then you can't rebuild and by rebuilding you give yourself permission to receive so much more right mm-hmm. that ten of pentacles for me is like yeah girl this is going to bring in some good good and you're going to be able to share that wealth yeah in your life you know This is reminding me of like one point along our journey
1: when we were looking up your domain name for your website. And I was like, wow, you could sell this thing for $700. (laughs) And you go, yeah, or I could keep it and add three
0: more zeros to that.
1: (laughs) And I just like love that, that that confidence, that vision. And it's true.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And, you know, seeing this as for me, you know, even as we were building it, I was like, At some points, you know, when I start having children, I want there to be flexibility. I want there to be built in vision for not just this time in my life, but I want this to grow with me and I want to be able to expand and contract with it um, because I'm, I'm building this for a long time. Mm -hmm.
1: Right. And there's a patience that comes with those bigger visions that you want to be yours for a really long time is like you there may be like a brick by brick kind of process. And that's something that I've been really leaning into and accepting in the past few years of my life. Like I'm putting more work into things than I am getting back because I'm building something bigger. And I have that vision and I trust myself. And I think what's important about that is that
0: I enjoy laying the bricks. Yeah. Yeah. There's a deep, devotion Mm -hmm. that comes to that um yeah you're building your home for your soul you know um and with that our last card is the wheel of fortune the wheel of fortune is an ode to change as well and it's a reminder that things are always things are always changing the tides are turning and you know We are coming at a more lucky time in life when there's eras of time that have felt really sticky or heavy or you know like things just weren't working out right those are times that doesn't have to be and won't always be the infinite version of our life and so this wheel of fortune is like a wink as my mom would say from the universe to be like yeah it's coming you know luck is on your side Fortune is rolling in and fortune, not just only from a financial standpoint, but feeling fortunate, Mm -hmm. you know, and how do you feel and how can you receive that fortune in your life of even just the simple connections like this relationship in and of itself has been such a gift that sometimes I feel like the website is just a has been a catalyst or an avenue that this relationship has been nourished you know Um, and yeah how can we allow also the guides of our life to help things move along Mm -hmm. you know uh, in the image of the wheel of fortune there's a bunch of archetypal figures that remind us that we're we're not in it alone Mm -hmm. you know we've got a bunch of friends in different places in this world and worlds unseen that have our back and are moving things along with us. Mm-hmm. And so while today the big thing that I might be doing is this task, the universe is like moving pieces that are even further along than I could have ever imagined. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's
1: really interesting how symbolic our little tasks can be. Mm-hmm. like you setting up your booking links where people can book appointments with you like the, it was like a slightly tedious task right yeah. but you are telling the fields of reality i am open and available and like let's go yeah
0: <laughs> and i actually had a lot of resistance like i froze for a while in building those cuz i was like whoa i'm creating the channel that people are going to find me Mm -hmm. and like book me and so it was like this is a big energetic invitation um and so yeah it's really interesting how all those things little by little moved that wheel um, and allowed energy to flow more and more and I think we had this conversation around being willing to have that creative process ebb and flow and you know for maybe two or three weeks we're not doing a task we're just percolating and then all of a sudden these tasks feel really clear and then it's like boom 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 Mm -hmm. and so again that intuitive structure of allowing allowing that scary part allowing that dream finding the bridge between and then taking those steps as you go yeah for sure I
1: think what you said really stuck with me of just like we're opening this channel and that's what it feels like I get to do when I work with people on this is like you Megan have access to this channel and it's like chosen you Mm. and before you've decided to share it with people it was like just this channel opened between your heart and whatever is beyond wherever its source is and the process of you know bringing it to life through these creative executions is like plugging it into earth and widening its reach little by little like widening it Mm -hmm. widening it widening it so that you arrive to the end of that canal i guess um with an open channel but it's been a process that's like grounding along the way little bits by little bits little bits by little bits i have another client i'm helping her with her book and she's sharing a lot of really vulnerable things in the book she's like I'm terrified. Like, how did you deal with this? And I said, just practice little by little being mm. vulnerable. Uh, it's so much better for our nervous system. Because um, yeah. they think in our minds, we think like, oh, if I'm going to put myself out there, it's going to be this giant thing. But really, like, life gifts you with these little bite-sized experiences where you just get to ease into becoming who you are. And that's mm. a continuing journey, too.
0: Yeah, I love that ease into becoming, mm-hmm. right? Because we definitely deserve more ease in our life and in ourselves and these big things don't have to be so shocking they can be digestible and true to where we're at and how we can evolve instead of putting all this pressure on the end result Mm -hmm. and working backwards you know yeah okay it feels like a good spot to end yeah it's been such a such a joy mm-hmm. like a beyond joy yeah yeah, Me too and it's only just begun you yeah. know that's the fun part <laughs> <laughs> this is the the launch this mm-hmm. isn't even like down the road I
1: hope y'all loved that episode I certainly did I didn't mention this in the beginning, but we were recording this during Mercury retrograde (laughs) and we got Mercury retrograded, so Megan and I ended up recording this instead of doing it virtually with like our good microphones and stuff, we ended up sitting in her closet together (laughs) and recording this, so I hope you enjoy that imagery of the two of us sitting in the closet all cozied up. but that's the vibe it's the just like hanging out with friends on this show that's really what i want it to feel like i'm your i'm your creative friend i'm that creative friend in your corner so again if you want to send this to your creative friends i would love it for you to share either this episode or uh, share the whole podcast with someone who would enjoy it and get something out of it that would be one of the best ways to support me If you want to double tap on Megan's work, again, check out JaguarHighPriestess.com. That is in the show notes. And I would love to hear about what you want to bring to life. After this experience working with Megan, and I've gotten to work with my friend Natalie, who was a recent guest, and my friend Emma, who I'm hoping to have as a guest soon, um, when I've gotten to work with friends who I'm just obsessed with what they're doing, I just... Bring my best to the table, and it feels so life giving to do that brand work and the photo shoots. I I just live for it. So if you might be one of my soulmate clients, I would like to hear from you, um, or even if you're just kind of curious about an offering or a creation that you want to bring to life, but. Maybe you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the process or not sure if you want to put yourself out there or if you wouldn't have the right skills for it. Um, I'm here for a conversation, so I'm going to leave a link in the show notes where you can just chat with me for a few minutes. Um, I do what I do because I like being around inspired people with ideas, so um, that's always nourishing for me uh, wherever you're at in the phase. If you just want a little bit of a cheerleader um, or someone to sprinkle a little pixie dust and momentum onto what you're doing i just love being in the space of that so that link is below Uh, thank you guys so much for being here i it's so cool to me that people just tune into this and i get to hang out with y'all